Welcome back to Talking Lead. This is episode 58, season two. Season two, episode, episode eight. eight. Ocho. Yeah, you are bound and determined to make that happen, aren't you? Episode Ocho. Uh, that works. Some people are following it. Some people hate it. Some people are following it. Who's hating it? I don't know. Don't be a hater. <laughs> what you a do? Follower. What'd you do gun-wise this week? Well, I didn't really do anything gun-wise, but Wait a minute. it was my birthday. I just noticed something. What is that Jamaican... <laughs> That's part of my story, what I did this week. Okay, all right, go ahead. Happy birthday, belated, by the way. Thank you. Appreciate it. Happy birthday to left hand. I got a uh, a trip from my sweetheart. We went to Gatlinburg. Nice. And uh, There's not many Jamaicans up there. <laughs> no, there's not a lot of Jamaicans up there. But, uh, you know, we did the mountain thing, went hiking and uh, saw the sights, and I did a lot of eating. I ate a lot. I went to one of my favorite restaurants is up there. It's called Cherokee. Restaurances? Restaurants. <laughs> I didn't say restaurants. You said restaurances. I said restaurants. One of my favorite restaurants is. Oh, my bad. It's not as funny now. That would be that would fall into the uh, show it. topic, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, All right. So let's just go with restaurances. <laughs> yeah, I like that better. One of my favorite restaurants is it's called Cherokee Steakhouse. Is Ooh, up there. That place is awesome. And they have the best hands down. Mushroom gravy. It is. I don't think I've had it. Unbelievable. It's they call it the mushroom and sun dried tomato gravy. Mm-hmm. But it comes standard with like their ten ounce sirloin, right? But you can get it with anything. Uh huh. And it comes out in a big old pouring dish, mm-hmm. and you just dip anything in there. Thing. You dip your broccoli in there, your potatoes, your finger. <laughs> 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 it's gonna be that kind of party. I'm gonna stick my d- in the mashed potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> You've heard that rap song, hadn't you? No. Stick no. your d- in the mashed. Potatoes. I think it's a Beastie Boys song where, like, some guy in the middle of the song goes, "If it's gonna be that kind of party, I'm gonna stick my d- in the mashed potatoes." <laughs> uh, anyways, anyways, no. This has gone off the rail quickly. Yeah. Thank God for editing. I think uh, you should leave it. So you know, we were talking about being fit, and you know how how uh, I was on track, and I think I I got an inch back of that uh, that waistline that I had lost. But that's all right. I'm back in the gym this week. Working nice. it off. But it was a great trip. That's what I did this week. Uh, no Gun-wise, gun well, I took guns with me. Okay. Uh, because we're going to be in the mountains, and there's wild animals up there. It carries and, in big calories. And I was hoping the, the big bears were going to be hibernating. I wouldn't have to worry about it, which they were, thank God. Yeah. Um, but, no, I just I took the uh, AR pistol. Okay. Uh, so it would be easily packed away in a backpack or car or whatever. You still hadn't told me about your Jamaican bracelet. Oh, so um, <laughs> we stopped in at some of the shops. You know, they got cool shops up there. Yeah. Uh, and this is kind of the seasonal turn, mm-hmm. you know, changing season. So they had a lot of stuff on sale. And uh, Pepper got her some uh, hiking boots, some Merrells. Is that how you say that? Merrells. M-E-R-R, whatever. Got a really good deal on those. So she picked up a pair of those. And while we were in there, they had these uh, the tactical bracelets, the paracord bracelets. And this is a... Uh, paracord bracelet. It's Jamaican. But it's the yellow, green, with the red down the, the middle. But I like those colors, so I got it's one. It's idly mine. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So I'd given my other two away. Whenever somebody says they like something of mine, I have a tendency of just giving it away. <laughs> You're going to be, so. I'm going to start calling you the tactical pothead. <laughs> <laughs> but the other one I've got on is from our buddy, um, uh, what's he? The, the unknown. Sticks. Yeah, Sticks. Stick Survival. Yeah. Sticks had given us this at Shot Show. So mm-hmm. I've got that one on my other wrist. 
It is kind of Were a... Were you about to call Sticks the unnamed trucker? Yeah, he's not, not the guy. Oh. No, that's Chaz. Chaz. Oh, I'm sorry. He's the unnamed trucker. The unnamed. That everybody knows is Chaz. We love you, so Chaz. So Sticks gave me this, and that's what I did this week. And today, a long-awaited present or prize or whatever had arrived. A there. prize that we have to send back. <laughs> Maybe. If, oh, unless we like it. Well, yeah, unless we really like it, then we, we can keep it for a nominal amount. But the Lionheart... The LH9 MK2 came in today. So we'll be doing a review on that. Probably shooting it this weekend with mm-hmm. uh, what we got going on. Speaking of which, that's what I've been doing with guns this week. I've been getting all my guns cleaned and ready because we've got a very big guest coming to spend the weekend with Talking Lead. Uh, Iraq veteran 8888 is coming up. Big in reputation. Big in reputation. <laughs> Are you saying he's a tiny guy? No, I'm just saying he's not fat. He's going to come up. We're going to do some videos with him. He's going to go do some videos with 22 Flinksters. So there's going to be a lot of YouTube content coming out of this weekend. Probably uh, a lot of hilarity and shenanigans going on. Yeah. So uh, we got some pretty funny video ideas. If they come out edited funny, that's... Remains to be seen. But on paper, they look funny. So everybody's at laughing. They may end up on the cutting, what is it? Cutting room floor. Cutting room floor. That old adage. And we've got a guest with us this week, very special guest, that we met back at NRA. Yes, yes. Met her at the top of the Lone Wolf booth. Well, I have to admit, I saw her at the top of the Lone Lone Wolf booth, but I was so exhausted. (laughs) Did you say footlong booth? Footlong booth? Did I say footlong booth? I don't know. (laughs) And she, she called out recently that I didn't introduce myself or say hello. Oh, you are so mean. <laughs> I wasn't mean. Yes, you were. You were on was... air with, with uh, who were you on air with, Julie? I was on air with Randy Rogers. With Randy. For like a hot second, but we were a standing up there not on air for about mm, 15 minutes. And I was like trying to get eye contact with you so I could say hello and like maybe, <laughs> you know, introduce myself like a normal person, but you wouldn't even look at me. So, well, what you got to do with I him was... is you can't make eye contact with him because of the height difference. So, you got to kick him in the shin. See, that's the biggest problem. So, he'll look down. <laughs> well, maybe next time I'll stand on a chair. I don't know. We didn't have any problems at Shot Show. So that's, that's right. I made sure when I saw like... you at Range Day, I walked up and stood behind you until you turned around and I said, I'm going to say hi this time <laughs> yes well you are forgiven i suppose well, this is britney star with sb safaris and also writer blogger what else do you do you do all kinds of stuff yeah i'm actually the managing editor at women's outdoor news and i have a column there so i'm a columnist and my column is called shooting star uh and i'm a freelance writer as well, well how did you come up with the name shooting star <laughs> Well, you see, it's a very complicated start. (laughs) (laughs) So what did you do this weekend, Brittany? It has been an exciting week at my house, actually. Um, I received a new rifle from Two Vets Arms. Ooh. Yeah. I've been wanting one of those. Those are nice. (laughs) I know, right? I'm so excited. Um, What'd you get? What'd you get? What'd you get? the LRRP and it has um, some different three gun modifications on it. Um, it's actually uh, Two Vets is going to be one of my sponsors. I'm going to start shooting three gun and there's a ladies only three gun match in October that I'm going to do. And Amber, who is one of the owners of Two Vets, is also going to be on my squad and whole bunch of other girls so i'm really excited about that but i am actually uh left-handed and so 
Dean over at Two Vets made a bunch of different modifications to the rifle for me specifically so that I could have a little bit of an easier time um, Mm -hmm. shooting it. So I have side charging upper and a regular um, A4 upper on it. And so that was my big thing. And then I also, what else did I do? I got a new extended mag release for my Glock 19. Um, and I'm kind of excited for that cause it's an aluminum one. So it's not like mm-hmm. a plasticky junky one. I got it from jadeshooting.com. Is this for uh, your three gun? I don't know if I'm going to use my Glock for the three gun yet. I might, but I just thought that that was a, a cool little accessory cause it comes in a bunch of different colors and I got mine in OD green cause I'm kind of a fan of OD. So kind of. What kind of shoddy are you using for your three gun? Um, well, I am planning on using a Beretta 1301 competition, um, which I'm really excited about. And it's kind of a, it's a newer shotgun. I'm excited to see what that can do. I'm kind of a shotgun snob and I absolutely love, uh, Beretta's over and under for, um, they have a, it's called a perennia, Mm -hmm. um, over and under for upland hunting. I used it all season last year. So I'm a fan of the Berettas. Cool. How long have you been into three gun? I, I I'm not. Uh, this is like <laughs> you just now starting. <laughs> yeah, this is my cool. uh, my first attempt, and I actually have. Yeah, I actually have a um a friend Rick Birdsall. He shoots on the pro three gun circuit, and he is over. I live in Michigan. He and he is over in the Detroit area, which is just a couple of hours away from me. So he is going to give me some lessons and teach me what to do. And so yeah, it should be fun. All right, so Brittany. We've got a, a set of questions, and it remains to be seen how many they are because it fluctuates. That <laughs> we ask uh, all of our our guests that are on the show for the first time, and we'll start off with the first one: is how did you get involved with firearms? Oh, how did I get involved with firearms? I have pretty much been involved with firearms in one way or another for my entire life. Um, my dad is actually a retired Michigan State Police officer, and So I just, I grew up around firearms and I started shooting as soon as I could really get a gun in my hands. First started out with a 410 single shot that my grandma bought me and then just progressed. So the 410 was your first? Yeah, the 410 was my first. Cool. Do you still have that? I do. I do. It's like my pride and joy. (laughs) (laughs) What about when it comes to pop culture type stuff, whether it be a movie, a TV show, books, magazines, if it involves firearms, what's like your favorite right now? What's your go-to? My go-to right now is um, a book by Mike Deddy called nice. Guns, Acro- Guns Across the Border. Yeah, I had Mike the who? pleasure. Mike Deddy. I had the pleasure <laughs> of meeting him at Shot Show, and he is so kind. And he actually introduced himself to me, and we had been Facebook friends. And he um, was nice enough to give me a copy of his book signed, and I am enthralled. I cannot put it down. I'm I'm literally obsessed with this book, and I just I, I think it's def- um, definitely a must read for any gun. I told owner. him I told him I wanted to play him in the movie. <laughs> so when they go to cast for the movie, I want to audition because yes. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna audition for your part. Now, <clears throat> if 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 I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong, but I think I know who introduced you to Mike Deddy. Yeah. Okay. So you may have. <laughs> <laughs> now mike is an awesome guy he's a, he's a fan of the show we're a fan of his his book is amazing uh if y'all want to find that just like we said a million times go to amazon look up guns across the border very genuine guy too yeah 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 
honestly, I cannot believe, like, he is just so kind. I'm, that's the best word to describe him. He, he is, like, the nicest man I've ever just randomly met. And so funny. Thank you, thank you for introducing us. <laughs> he is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, he's you're, funny, You're too. making up for being mean to me. Uh, See, I did ago. my best. I did my best. <laughs> All we can do is try. <laughs> Is there or has there ever been a firearm that you have owned or own that maybe just a little bit of you is a little bit of shame to say that you owned it? Um. Okay, so the first handgun that I ever bought was a Smith & Wesson thirty-eight revolver. And I'm slightly embarrassed to admit that because it's so typical for a, a, a woman, a female, to like, buy that kind of a gun for their first gun but it's not the reason I bought it wasn't because like someone told me oh you're a girl you need this gun or this would be a good a good starter handgun for you it's actually because I have a wrist injury and so for me shooting a revolver um starting out was a little bit easier than shooting a semi-auto um with you know racking the slide and until I could actually find um a couple of different semi-autos that, uh, you know, the, the slide racking was a little bit easier on. That was uh, that was what I carried for a while. So I'm slightly embarrassed to admit that. Well, there's but, nothing wrong with that. Eh, you know, you live <laughs> and you learn. You know, it's better than having a uh, Lorsen 380 or something. I don't right. know anybody that had that. Well, everybody's <laughs> got to start somewhere. And until you get something and start, you don't know whether you're going to like it or not or it's going to be right for you or not. Exactly. But I can't give it up because it was like one of those, for, you know, you always remember your first stuff. So. <laughs> your first, you know. <laughs> I, can't, I can't get rid of it. I'm so emotional. Yeah. <laughs> now, do you have a name for it? Ah, that one had a name. I can't remember what it was, though. Dang, that <laughs> it, it's been a while, but that one did have a name. I know my turkey hunting shotgun is called um, Black Mamba because it's all because <laughs> <laughs> it's all black and it's deadly <laughs> and long. I'm wrong. <laughs> God, we're going so far off track. Oh, off the rails. Again. So what's your what's your carrier right now? Your Glock 19? No, my carrier right now I have a Sig uh, P938 9mm. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I love that gun. It's so it's it's an attractive gun, but it actually you know for for carrying, I love the size of it, and I think it's yeah, it's a great size for yeah, that. Yeah, I just a really got a. P P two two six the MK twenty five, yeah. I really love it. Yeah, that's awesome. That's my first Sig. Has there been a gun that you've had that you don't have anymore that you want to get back? No, I don't. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm like so emotionally attached to all my guns that once I have them, I don't get rid of. Literally, have every gun I've ever owned. And then, what's next on your? bucket list um i think the beretta the 1301 is my next bucket list gun that i want for your three gun for my three gun yeah cool well we're going to talk a little bit more about you and sb safaris uh right now it's time for our first gabbing guns we've had in two months you know we had christmas the in first december. one this year yeah first one this year we had christmas in december january she had a training she had to be at and now we're back to bring her back on and she's going to kind of launch off our subject of 
talking about words in the firearm industry that are either overused, used wrong, mispronounced, just stuff that drives you nuts. Yeah. So, so welcome back, Gabby. It's been two months since we've gotten together without Gabby on guns, so that's been kind of I, awkward, but we're back. I, I know. How are you able to handle that? I don't know. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> we're having Gabby withdrawals. <laughs> yeah, I see. No, but thank you. I'm always happy to, you know, be in the show, and I enjoy it. I really have fun. It's okay. nothing wrong with having fun and talk about guns. Exactly. Wow. That's what it's all about. Some people take it too seriously, and they try to make it all super uh, professional. We're like, no, that's not fun. People don't want to come back if you do that. Yeah, you know, I think uh, it all depends on what you're doing, but we have fun. That's great. <laughs> so tonight's show, we're going to talk about either words that are used wrong in the industry, words that are mispronounced wrong in the industry. You get a pass, though, since you have a different first language. So, you know, we'll give you a pass on some of those words. Yeah. <laughs> but And then you brought up a good point, attitudes that are wrong in the industry, too. So uh-huh. kind of what, what did you mean by that? Well, you know, it ha- this happened not too long ago. I had to contact a lawyer between my book and, you know, trying to trademarks and all that stuff, right? So I'm talking to this person and and um, because he was referred by another lawyer. You so know what? what is, what is, let me stop you real quick. Sure. <laughs> you know what's hilarious about your accent when you say lawyer? Uh-huh. It sounds like you're saying liar. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's a liar. He was a liar. That's awesome. Don't change it. Just keep calling. <laughs> no offense to all the lawyers out there. Nah, There's a lot of good not ones. Not take it. Not take it. <laughs> okay, I'm so, sorry. Go ahead. So uh, this guy said, so what is your industry? What is that you do? And I said, well, you know, I'm a farm, in- farm instructor. I'm in the farm industry. And automatically he said, oh, my God, should I be scared? About, you know, and I was like. Why should you be scared? I'm talking to you over the phone. And I don't even know where this guy is. And just because I said I was a farm instructor, he was already scared. I'm like, dude, I was just laughing. I actually make him feel like he was just acting stupid, you Silly, know? Yeah. So that, I think that's one stereotype that if you are in the farm industry is because you are into bad stuff. So I think that's one of the things that I get always makes my eyes roll either that or you're like in a militia that's ready to take over the government tomorrow <laughs> yeah it's, right it's- <laughs> definitely and obviously you know the typical assault right rifle the which one like the assault rifle uh-huh. it's like okay do you know what that is do you know how to even use that yeah well and that's one that i get a lot from people that aren't anti-gun but they're just mm-hmm. not into guns a lot. And like, I'll show them a picture of my AR and they're like, oh, wow, that looks like an assault rifle. And I'm like, oh, I just slapped my head. And I'm like, what are you <laughs> doing, man? You know, that's that's actually definitely a good one, assault rifle. Even people that, that's used by people that aren't anti-gun. They're pro-gun, but they just don't have enough experience. They just think anything that looks like an AR-15 is an assault rifle. And you know, I was having a class with a lady uh, yesterday, last night, and she was like, sort of comfortable with guns and all that stuff. And then I asked her, do you know the parts of your gun? And I show her, I show her like a diagram. And she was looking at me like, she didn't even know. So I told her, listen, lady, <laughs> you're getting into the farm industry. You really need to know what is it you have in your hands. You know, and that's part of what you're saying. It doesn't necessarily mean that people aren't tied guns, but sometimes people don't go beyond they just pulling the trigger at the range. Right. You need to know the proper terminology. One we're going to talk about in a little bit with our other guests, 
is the the one that drives me nuts the most <laughs> is I always I hear people say ambidextrous. There is ah. there is no I. It's ambidextrous. That's it. <laughs> And I hear it so many times, like, oh, it's got an ambidextrous uh, um, charging handle, or it's got an ambidextrous safety, or it's, it, it's no, it's ambidextrous, and there's no I. Yeah, that, that's interesting. And you then, know, that's something I would have picked, you know, my accent. I would be like, all right, I think he's saying it right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and I've even slipped and said it, because I hear it so many times, but as soon as it comes out of my mouth, I'm like, I'm sorry, ambidextrous. <laughs> It's, well, but you know what? It's cool that you mentioned that because a lot of people, I bet, they don't pay attention to those things. And now they're listening. Exactly. Now, now they're listening. They're learning. Exactly. And then you got the people that call any handgun that's black and polymer a Glock. Yeah. Which that one we'll talk about a little bit more, too. Yeah. Or they call just a pistol. Or just they say a revolver. That happens a lot in South America. They say, yeah. oh, I have a revolver. And it ends up... A semi-automatic pistol, but they call it a revolver. Sometimes I don't understand. It's like now that a revolver has a cylinder <laughs> and a pistol has a magazine. Mm -hmm. And in, in in South America, that's very common too. People don't. Sometimes they don't. It's like a not difference between one to the other. Sure. So what do you have going on? What's coming up for you? Well, you know, I'm already. I finished finally my the translation of my book yes. uh, in Spanish. And I'm very excited about it. And now I'm thinking of my second book, which is going to be a continuation of the first one. It's going to be more about speed shoot, but accuracy. All my teaching, everything is about accuracy. And at the end, that's what you want. You want to hit your target and you want to hit exactly where you want it to. Hmm. So I have classes next week in Mississippi. Oh, wow. We're at Mississippi. Near Macomb. Uh -huh. And then go to the and, website uh, and find out. Yeah. I don't, you know, I have so many classes around right now that sometimes I get confused and I don't want to say, yeah. Uh, in April, I'm going to be in Yuma. That's Houston. Arizona, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yuma, Arizona and Phoenix. Awesome. Yeah. That'd be a nice trip. I love going out to Arizona. Yes, definitely. We got a lot of uh, fans that are out in Arizona too. In Arizona? Mm -hmm. Well, Arizona, um, it seems to be like super duper, you know, very into that shooting classes. Oh, and yeah. I just, I gave them the link to sign up to the ladies. Mm -hmm. I haven't even make it, I haven't made it public and it's almost sold out. Oh, wow. So I'm like, my goodness, if I say, okay, I'm going to have classes in Arizona, but you know, it's not even more spots. I'm like, sure. oh, well, <laughs> but all good. And you know what? Each city is different. Yeah. Some cities are very aggressive like that. And some others are not. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Big G, you know who you are and Mr. Boyer. Y'all are out in Arizona. Y'all need to go to, what's the website to sign up for it? The what? The website. It's going to be my website, GabbyFranco.com. Awesome. Cool. Yes. But um, the uh, in Mississippi, I'm going to be Magnolia. Magnolia. Okay. Now, I'm a little bit concerned because I think next week it's going to be cold. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, come on. You can deal with it. <laughs> well, hello in Miami. <laughs> Okay, our weather. Just bundle today. up. Well, you are kind of petite, so <laughs> <laughs> just get get some like bearskin fur or something. It'll keep you warm. <laughs> All right, Gabby. Well, we appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good one. So, Gabby got her book done. She got married now. She's, She's married. been married for for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. and uh, She's married she... over the, I think December. 
Yeah. Maybe right after Christmas. She had some good input on the uh, mispronunciation things. We gave her a pass because she's Venezuelan. You know, a lot of words. She, she has an accent. Her. Come on. Yeah. So. yeah that's, that's Even though the, the lawyer part was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, that remind me of the... Uh, the movie Liar Liar with one of our jack wagons, Jim mm-hmm. Carrey. Yeah. <laughs> in the opening scene of that where his little boy's in school and the teacher's going around asking everybody what their parents do. She asks him and he goes, My dad's a liar. And the <laughs> teacher's like, Oh no, surely you don't mean that. What you know, what does he do? Tell me what he does. She goes, Well he stands in front of a judge all day. She goes, Oh, you mean lawyer <laughs> And the little boy's just got this look on his face like What's the difference? It's <laughs> hilarious. Good joke. <laughs> Kiss my ass. That was awesome. <laughs> Wait, did you just snort? Yeah. That's, you know we're doing good when somebody snorts. Uh, Andre snorted last week. Yeah, he did. <laughs> and he even got his He goes, oh, shit, I snorted. <laughs> When it comes to words, you recently wrote an article about the word tactical, and I had a little input on it. The overuse of tactical. The overuse, the wrong use, calling everything that has to do with firearms tactical. Tell us a little bit about that article, what you dove into, what you figured out. Yeah, basically, I posed the question, you know, what is tactical? What what the heck does tactical even mean nowadays you know it's it's a word that I feel like is so overused especially by you know marketing companies and you know it's like okay well here's something that's black and we'll slap the word tactical on it and sell it you know sell the crap out of it so anyway I kind of I posed the question on my Facebook page and ZQ had some good input but you know I think tactical the way that it used to be or or you know, the uh, word originated um, from meaning, you know, war politics in reference to a military application. Um, but for current use, you know, now it's 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 really broad. The word is, is really broad. And I think everybody has a different definition of what the word means to them. Um, for some people, it's a state of mind, a way of living. For some people, you know, it's, it's, has to do more with training and and being calculated in your um in your you know everyday movements and for some people obviously there's the tactical application that just gets taken overboard and and really kind of kind of just blown out of proportion so that's what my article was about sir it was a good article too my input on it was people have forgotten the meaning of words in not just our country in the world period Tactical, the root word is tactics, which is anything that you would use to get a, a task done in a successful way. Anything that you use within those tactics to get your task done becomes tactical. And like I said, it doesn't article, have to be military or right. And like I said, in the, law enforcement, like I said, in the article was if you have to go outside to do some work in the ice, if you wear flip flops, that is not tactical. But if you throw a pair of non-slip Snow boots on. Well, now wait a minute. They now, if they're tact- combat flip flops, <laughs> and you're wearing your socks I, with I don't those, know if those count. <laughs> combat flip flops, or, or do they have rails on the side? Does that make them tactical? If they and, help you accomplish your goal, then yes, exactly. And if 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 you are going to an interview somewhere, wearing five eleven pants and a tactical polo shirt, 
is not tactical in that situation unless you're going to an interview at Maxpedition 511 or somewhere like that. Google. If you're going to a big <laughs> Google, yeah. if you're going to a big corporate interview, wearing that stuff does not make it tactical, even though they have a tactical label on it. Same thing if you're going to a big board meeting, wearing that kind of stuff. If it, if you got 511 pants on and a and a, a Molly backpack from Maxpedition, it's not tactical unless you're going to a board meeting at 511 or Maxpedition. And then the, what was the other thing I said? I, uh, oh, <laughs> zombie green is never Ever, ever tactical. Sure it is. <laughs> Unless you're trying to hide in a vat of radioactive waste or something. What if, what if you star in the show Walking Dead? Oh, uh, then, what what then, about green zombie color makes it tactical? Because you're, oh, wait, you're, you're, the, accomplishing, <laughs> you're accomplishing something here, okay? Because it's a zombie show. Yes. And it's in the <laughs> it's, background. It's so tactical that you can't see it. It's, it's hidden. <laughs> Yeah, it's like if you look between some of the zombies' teeth, <laughs> there's, there's some zombie green. <laughs> there's some zombie green in there. Maybe that's maybe that's why they came up with it. Being or if tactical. the name of your show is Talking Lead, then it becomes tactical. You know, and then it becomes tactical as to well. To have some zombie green in there, you got it on the side of your vehicles and t-shirts and hats. Then it becomes tactical. There you go. Brought up by. Oh wait, multiple. go back. Start over. What? Start over. I had you turned down for a second there. I was trying oh. to get the echo out of there. Start that over again. Thank you for turning me off. <laughs> I really appreciate that. He's good at that. <laughs> I, ha- I have 37 Welcome years of Welcome to my world, Brittany. <laughs> oh, your poor wife. <laughs> okay. All right. His ready? poor wife is poor partner. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that's TMI. I don't want to know what you guys do behind closed doors. Well, I said 37 years of turning women off, so unless yeah. you've got something hidden that I don't know about. Oh, my God. Okay. Are you ready? Yes, go ahead. Okay. She snorted, <laughs> snorted again. again. <laughs> yes, two snorts in one show. Uh, we get a double oh snort. Okay. So I forgot what I was even saying. You were oh, saying the reason you... Tactical. So I thought it was cool to kind of see what everybody's different answers were as far as, you know, what they thought the meaning of tactical was to them. And actually it was brought up by a couple different people that tactical can be applied to hunting, which I guess, I mean, I've been hunting for my entire life, but I've never thought of myself as being tactical while hunting. But if you think about it, you know, if you're out turkey hunting you are going to be employing tactics as far as, you know, where you're going to set up, how you're going to call, you know, how you're going to get the bird to come to you. You might have plan A, plan B, plan C, and, and that's all, you know, that can be considered tactical as well. So I, and, I and when you when you come to, off. when you mention hunting, I mean, that can go even, tactics could go even into the foods that you eat so that your body doesn't project certain odors, you know, like garlic yeah. or, you know, something like that. Uh, the yeah, the laundry sure. detergent that you use. I mean, Nicole McLean went into a big you know list of things, rituals that she does, you know, before her hunting mm-hmm. um, expeditions, and yeah, that's part of her tactics what, of going hunting. Yeah, sure. Depending on what kind of hunting you're doing, thankfully right, turkeys uh, don't really have awesome sense of smell. Otherwise, they would be invincible. So, but <laughs> with turkeys, they have amazing eyes. So you yeah. have to have everything camouflaged. 
That is true. That's why you wear zombie green, because they can't (laughs) see zombie green. Yeah, that's why you wear that pink camo that I see every, Yeah, because that's tactical. (laughs) It's really tactical when you're hunting flamingos. Well, if you're you're working in a a cotton candy factory. Or if if you're hunting for a husband. (laughs) (laughs) That That may come in handy. Yeah, and there's there's lots of other words out there that are misused and misrepresented. We put a listener poll out. One of the ones I want to throw in the mix was this one. I don't know why it drives me nuts so much, but there's so many people out there, and I never really called anybody out on it, but it's just one of those things where when they say it, it cringes, kind of like when you're at a gun shop and somebody says clip. Well, but Which I just got that today. Yeah. A big dose when I went to pick up the Lionheart. It was, it was older fellas, too, that I noticed that do it. Yeah, more than mm-hmm. than the younger generation. The guy was in, he went in looking for a ten twenty two, and uh, you know, he was showing us some ten twenty twos. He goes, "What kind of clips you got for this thing?" <laughs> he got them long clips. <laughs> yeah, he got you them long clips. And the guy's like, "Well, let me see. I don't think she's ordered any clips lately, but uh, let's go look and see what kind of clips we got over see here. See what kind of magazines we have. <laughs> yeah, that's one. But the one that drives me nuts is ambidextrous. Ambidextrous is spelled A M B I D E X T R. O U S, but so many people say ambidextrous. They throw an I in there. Or if they're like me, they say ambidextrous. Ambidextrous, <laughs> and it's like all the time. I'm like, oh yeah, it's got an ambidextrous uh, charging handle. It's got an ambidextrous safety, and I'm like, I never call them out because it's a simple slip. I I say things wrong all the time, but that's one that just grates yes, on do. me every time people say it. It's like it's ambidextrous, ambidextrous. Yep. Well, now you got me wondering how the heck I say it. Just take the I out. There is no I. Ambidex, ambidex. Ambi. Ambidextrous. Can I just say ambi? Is that okay? Yeah, ambi. that counts. Shorten it. That's cool. You use both. I don't know. I, I don't know if limbs. I've been messing that one up or not. I hope not. Or we can make a new word just called ambidex. That'd be cool too. <laughs> or not. Left hand's looking at me like I'm retarded. <laughs> no. And she said, or not. So <laughs> we will skip that one. Ambi's good. Ambi's so, fine. And then you got the people that think any handgun that's black that has some polymer on it is a Glock. Oh, yeah. I've heard, and I'm guilty of it. When I was younger and I wasn't, you know, well-versed in anything but like a twenty-two and a hunting rifle, I thought any gun I saw on TV, whether it was a high point or a SIG or an actual Glock, I thought if it was black, it was a Glock. Oh, that's a Glock 9. And I always said a Glock 9. I think it was from my, my, my hip-hop listening days. Because that's all you knew. Yeah. <laughs> Glock 9. It's called education. Yeah. yeah. Ignorance is bliss. Like we do a lot of stuff with uh, shopnsg.com down at Northside Guns, and I'm in there all the time. And people come in and let me see that Glock, and they're pointing at the high point. <laughs> I'm like, no, not quite. No, or that's when you have to share your knowledge. Assault rifle. Yeah. Oh, oh, let's go into that one. Yeah, oh. and a lot of these these things are because of politics and politicians. That go and they, they make them buzzwords. Well, it's one thing, like Gabby and I said earlier, you can have friends that are pro-gun, but they're not that educated in the gun world, and they'll see pictures of like an AR, and they'll like, oh, man, that looks like an assault rifle. Cool. And it's like, no, ugh, no, don't say that. It's not an assault rifle. It is an AR-15. So what's like the, the... Or it's a brand name. It's a Bushmaster. It's a Rock River Arms. It's a... Yeah. And that's the way that I would prefer that people refer to... To ARs instead right. of this this Coke broad spectrum or pop, yeah, you know, kind of nomenclature that people have thrown on. Well, kind of uh, like rifles, kind of like 1911s. I hear so many right. older guys called yeah. 1911s Colt 45s. Oh, that's yeah. a Colt 45. 
Really? No, it's actually a Kimber. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah. Well, I think it's from the from the ACP automatic Colt pistol. So mm-hmm. I think because well, the, older it's the people, one that yeah. was around forever, and that's mm-hmm. just kind of what they got used to. Yep. I think the younger yeah. generation don't really. No, I don't hear that much. much. Like my dad, <laughs> hi dad. My dad has said Colt forty five before. Did your dad listen to the show? Yeah. <laughs> really? He does. <laughs> dad, dad just got put on blast. No, I didn't put him on blast. <laughs> I don't think any of my family members listen. Oh wait, my brother does listen. Yeah, he listens. <laughs> Love you, dad. <laughs> my mom doesn't know what the oh. internet is. Basically, <laughs> is this just talk about talk bad about your family? Type no, of no. <laughs> I just told my dad I loved him and said he only said it once, but I remember hearing it. <laughs> back to the okay. assault rifle thing. Assault rifles are. Well, let's get did you back pull to that your up? dad. <laughs> no, seriously. What? What about assault rifles? Didn't you pull up the definition of assault rifle? No. Oh, I thought you were doing that. You want me to do that? Yeah, do that. If you did your job. I don't have a job. You want Wikipedia or do we want... Do Wikipedia. Let me see if Webster has one. That way we can compare the two. I doubt it'll be in Webster's. Webster's will probably be the definition of assault and then definition of rifle. (laughs) But it started back with the Sturmgewehr. An assault rifle is a selective fire selective between semi-automatic, fully automatic, and or burst fire. Rifle that uses an intermediate cartridge and a detachable magazine, not clip. Assault rifles are the standard service rifles in most modern armies. Note the difference between the assault rifle and the battle rifle. Assault rifle uses smaller cartridges and are used at closer ranges than battle rifles. The larger sized rifle cartridges used in battle rifles make fully automatic fire more difficult. Fully automatic fire refers to an ability... For a rifle to fire continuously while the trigger is pressed and held. So it's saying that the only assault rifle is fully automatic select fire. Burst capable fire refers to an ability of a rifle to fire a small yet fixed multiple number of rounds with but one press of the trigger. So like the uh, M16 three-round burst. Yeah, yeah, three-round burst. In contrast, semi-automatic refers to an ability to fire one round per press of a trigger, regardless of how long the trigger is held. The presence of select fire modes on assault rifles permits more efficient use of rounds to be fired for specific needs versus having a single mode of operation, such as fully automatic, thereby conserving ammunition while maximizing on-target accuracy and efficiency. So, so that's long Wikipedia. Story, long story short... To be a assault, to be an assault rifle, it has to have the ability to shoot fully automatic. Correct. Okay. So no, no. An assault rifle burst. is a selective fire. Select fire either burst or selective fully automatic. between semi-automatic, fully automatic, and or burst. burst. Okay, gotcha. So you, there's got to be two modes there. So the two the two <laughs> keys are either full auto or burst. Correct. If it doesn't have either two of those, you've just got a semi-automatic rifle. Don't really think that the word assault is kind of just a throwaway word? It is. I mean, who thought of these definitions? And and if you really think about it, when you use fully auto, if you use full automatic rifle, it's for suppressive fire, typically. It's not Mm -hmm. something you use when you're assaulting 
someone. The, tef- <laughs> the term assault rifle is a non-direct translation of the German word, yeah, Sturm, Sturmgewehr. Sturmgewehr, literally storm rifle, yeah. uh, as in military attack. The first the, fully automatic The name rifle. was coined by Adolf Hitler as a new name for the Maschin Pistola, Pistoli, whatever. <laughs> yeah, that. 43, subsequently known as the Strom, say it. See? Sturmgewehr. Sturmgewehr 44, the firearm generally considered the first assault rifle that served to popularize the concept and form the basis for today's modern assault rifle. Ooh, wait, let's do a word association like, like gun grabbers always do to us. If they're calling it an assault rifle, assault rifle was dubbed by Hitler, so they're Nazis. That's what they do to us all the time. Let's do it back to them. The translation <laughs> assault rifle gradually became the common term for similar firearms sharing the same technical definition as the STG 44. In a strict definition, a firearm must have at least the following characteristics, characteristics to be considered an assault rifle. It must be... An individual weapon with provision to fire from the shoulder, i.e. a buttstock. It must be capable of select fire, which we just talked about. It must have an intermediate powder cartridge, more power than a pistol, but less than a standard rifle or battle rifle. Its ammunition must be supplied from a detachable magazine rather than a uh, belt fed. And it should at least have a firing range of 300 meters. Now, should... You know, that's kind of, well, maybe it doesn't, maybe it doesn't. So I don't know why they even threw that in there as it as a uh, prerequisite. Well, it is Wikipedia. So that's their definition. And it so, goes on so and talks key- about it a little bit more. And then it gives a def- uh, assault rifle versus assault weapons. So back again to the basics. you got to have select fire with either fully auto or burst round. Shoulder fired by a buttstock. Yep. And Talking about it has the- to have uh, a detachable... Ammunition source <clears throat> magazine, i.e., magazine. And then there's another one, not clip. Another one that people you misuse all the time is they say, "Oh, that's an automatic." Well, it's typically a semi-auto when I'm talking about this because sometimes they'll come into gun stores and talk about a 1911 or a Glock as an automatic pistol. Um, it's semi-automatic. It's one round per trigger pull. It's like auto. semi-annual. Then carbine is another misused one. Carbine is what? It's a shorter rifle. And a lot of people think that if they have an AR, it looks like a M4 carbine, that it's a carbine. It's not. It's got to be a short rifle. You want the definition of the carbine? Yeah. Look up carbine. Got it right here. A carbine, carbine, from French carabine, is a long arm but with a shorter barrel than a rifle or musket. Many carbines are shortened versions of full-length rifles. Shooting the same ammunition as opposed to standalone designs with generally lower powered ammunition. The smaller size and lighter weight of carbines make them easier to handle. They are typically issued to highly mobile troops, such as special operation soldiers, paratroopers, as well as mounted supply or non infantry personnel whose roles do not require full size rifles. And then there's a history here. We're not going to go into the history. And the, to, to wrap so this. It's typically shorter. To wrap this discussion up, we're going to go with some listener uh, feedback from the polls. Um, wrap it up? Yeah, because then I want to talk about some safari stuff, man. <laughs> Safari? Safaris. Another mispronounced Safari. Sub-Safaris. Sub <laughs> <laughs> 
JD. We have JD on Facebook. He says clips. We we discussed it, but I like what he says. Every time I hear someone refer to a magazine as a clip, I want to choke a fluffy little bunny. <laughs> uh, it's then, like it's like nails on a chalkboard to me when I hear that. Yeah. Here's another one I didn't think about. Peter W on Facebook says accidental discharge. It's not an accident. Oh, there is no such thing. It's a negligent discharge. You were negligent to have that happen. Uh, he says you shouldn't have your booger hook near the bang switch if you're ready to destroy something. If you aren't ready to destroy something, I'm sorry. So James S says safety. Oh my God, you don't hear, you don't have a safety. It's got that in quotes. Safety is not a thumb lever on a firearm. It's not a number you dial on your on your iPhone. Safety is not a group of delusional soccer moms, a politician, <laughs> or a guy with a badge standing at the door. It's not a law, and it cannot be guaranteed ever, even with legislation. Safety is knowledge and personal responsibility. Safety is a way of being, a way of life. Rant, rant, blah, blah. Very good, James. Uh, we also have, on Instagram, we had some responses. We, of course, had the carbine. That came up a couple of times. Um, we've had people say they've heard people refer to a full mag as a round. That came from Jamal McCarter. And I still can't do freaking Instagram from my phone. Really? So, yeah. You've got to get rid of that So you guys phone. just know that when you're on Instagram, it's usually Zeke that's doing most of that. So. No, they're gonna, we'll lose all our followers. <laughs> no, we won't. <laughs> Don't tell them that. <laughs> I'm I'm trying uh, to do it, but I just I can't figure it out. I don't even know how to post anything on Instagram. So Facebook and uh, email. Then we have uh, Mitch Mustaine, who is actually also going to be a guest of ours the third Thursday, I think, in March. Uh, former Arkansas, USC, and now Arena Football League quarterback. He said, uh, you, people using of cool. in place of have. He said, you carry a gun, what are you scared of? Uh, that is kind of annoying. What Not, are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? What are you scared of? That's, Isn't that ending a sentence in a preposition? Yeah. Yeah, I and, guess so. And that's I, one I'm, of the I'm major English I went to NTSU. rules. <laughs> so did I. <laughs> I failed English. I did. Oh, okay. I, no. I can help you out if you need some help with that. <laughs> She but is a columnist, by the way. It's not necessarily the word. It's just people always asking, columnist, what are you scared columnist. of? What are you afraid of when you have a firearm? So that was another good one. Then we had a little little uh, word battle come up. Uh, our, our buddy over at Savoy Leather, spelt Savoy, one of the guys, not actually him, it was actually Alexander or Alex and Ryan Design, uh, they said Savoy <laughs> was their annoying mispronounced word. Everybody's saying Savoy instead of Savoy. Instead of Savoy. Yeah, so. Oh, well, I'm glad I've never said that out loud because I had no idea. <laughs> hey, we did too. We we called it Savoy until we met Jeremiah. He corrected us. <laughs> <laughs> then we have uh, GSANT0S said, I actually had one guy tell me my ammo was too expensive and that... The military superplus was just as good <laughs> instead of surplus. The superplus, superplus, military superplus. <laughs> had another one for carbine. Is it like a plus P? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, we had a guy say that five five six by forty five was a Russian cartridge. So now we're getting into just ignorant, ridiculous. Oh wait, no, not mis- Oh, silencer. <laughs> silencer is a misused one when it's silencer? actually a suppressor. That's interchangeable. 
Well, it's not. You're not silencing oh, that, the gun. It is silencing it. It's not making it completely silenced, but it is silencing it. Well, then how Doesn't are you silencing it? it if you're not making it silent? Well, I'm talking. I'm talking. I'm talking you're a suppressing. little more silent right now. You're talking more silent, but you haven't been silenced. But I've. I've now we're I back have to, been silenced. Now we're back to the sweaty balls commercial. <laughs> Let's see what the definition of silence is. Okay. But in company? the industry as a whole, silence, a silencer yeah, and a suppressor are, silencer co. Yeah. are interchangeable. No. Yeah. If you want to get into the proper English, you know, the exact English meaning definition of the words, then you could pick apart everything. True. The IG militia said he's heard a lot of people pronounce Cerakote, Cherakote. Yeah. <laughs> Cherokee, and then both uh, Sage Dynamics and Brandon Bond on Instagram uh, said the Heckler and Coke, where a lot of people say Heckler and Koch or Heckler and Cock or Heckler and Coach or any of those. And then Brandon also said how people use the term instead of saying recoil, they'll say kick or kickback or stuff like that. So. There's lots of different words out there that people use mis- incorrectly, which leads into my favorite one. And Ebonics. Gabe, I hope you're listening because I found an interview where the guy says the name of his triggers. There is a Timony? trigger company out there that looks like it's spelled Geisel. Giselle, looks like it's spelled Geisel, looks like it's spelled a lot of things. It is a Geisley trigger. Even I knew that. Well, a lot of people call it Gizzle. But Giselle, seriously, how are Geisel. you supposed to know until unless you see? Yeah, you have to, or you hear somebody right. who actually knows what? It, how do you know how to pronounce? I, well, this? I always heard it Geisley, but I've heard it all different ways. So I looked up interview with Mister Geisley, and he said it's pronounced Geisley, and he spelt it out G U I S L E E. I was like, right. oh, okay. He, he did the pronunciation thing like you do in dictionaries. Exactly. So Geisley. Exactly. Maybe it's Savoir needs to have a little <laughs> he, little pronunciation. He does. He has a new hashtag called is hashtag Savoir with a but W-A-H. But that's the thing is things become more and more <laughs> pop culture, I guess it would be a good word for it, more and more known and recognized, then they get corrected. That's true. Just like a lot of the football players' names and basketball players' names, you hear them in, in the beginning getting pronounced butchered, butchered. Yeah. until the actual player will get on there and say, look, here's how you say my name. Say I can't give it a good. I can't give it a good name. example of it right now. <laughs> we got her singing now too. So, Brittany, yes, tell us about your company and safaris and all that jazz because we both want to do for safaris and we want to ask you a couple of questions about types of safaris because there's one that I definitely don't want to do and there's one that he definitely doesn't. And want do to you do. have to go to Africa for it to be a safari? Is that a misused word? Could I go my backyard here and do a safari? Um, <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I think it depends on what kind of safari you're talking about, but generally the terminology, uh, the term safari is, you know, associated with Africa, um, as a whole. So yeah, our company is Star and Bodil African Safaris and we basically, it's, uh, the company is run by myself and my dad. We are located in Michigan and then we have a partner who is over in South Africa. So we basically book hunts for our clients over here in the States and we um, take care of everything for them, preparations, paperwork, flights, all of that jazz. 
and uh, get them over to Africa, and then they go on their their hunt. And my dad and our partner are both licensed professional hunters in South Africa, so they guide our clients. And my dad usually ends up spending about three months of the year over there guiding. So that's pretty much um, the basics of what we do. Um, We are located in the Eastern Cape of South Africa, And um, we have about 400,000 acres that we utilize of concession and conservancy property. Um, We have more than 40 different animals to choose from for your hunt. So there's something for everybody there. Now, is the list on your website, is that the only animals y'all do? Yes. Okay. The list on our website is what we have. Because... We've we've had this discussion before when we've talked about hunting and stuff. And I watch a lot of the hunting shows on TV. Uh, avid hunter. Left hand's a avid hunter. Uh, but when we've seen, like for me, the elephant hunts, I just can't stand watching that. I don't know. It, it, what's your take on it? Uh, and then left hand kind of, he, he has a thing with the lion hunts. And I noticed that neither one of those were on your list. So I was wondering if you had a certain take on those or what. Um, I do absolutely have a certain take on that. Um, They're not on our list because they're not in our area. So those animals are not, you know, native to the Eastern Cape of South Africa where we're located. Um, Elephant hunting and lion hunting and every other form of animal hunting in South Africa is absolutely necessary. Um, There are parts of Africa where elephant hunting has been... um, it's been made illegal and the elephants there are absolutely overrunning the entire area. They're killing people. They're trampling people. They're killing all of the vegetation. They're knocking over all the trees. They're, they're stepping on people's houses and their little huts and stepping on people. And it's absolutely just, they're rampant. The, the elephants are absolutely destroying everything because of the overpopulation and lack of hunting. They're, you know, it, it's all a balancing act. So per, you know, square mile or per acre of, of land, you can only have so many animals. And if you make something to where the animals cannot be harvested and that, you know, cannot be kept in balance, they're they're going to overrun and and that's what's happening in certain parts of i think it's Botswana not in not in South Africa but there are places at. where it is illegal whether it's and due let to me yeah you know, let me clarify yeah. my objection to the the line honey it was that video that you'd show yeah you know and it's situation when you're talking about the situations like you're talking about now where the you're the animals are going and you know they're actually killing you know, livestock or, you know, actual people, then, you know, that's a little different to me. And is, you know, I see that as being necessary, but the senseless hunting, um, I just, I don't, it's, I don't it, agree it, with the, that. The video we watched, it was, it wasn't part of culling the herd. It wasn't anything like that. The guys basically, they wanted to have this ultimate, they wanted a trophy to hang on their wall yeah, and they wanted know, to throw to in front of their rocking chair thing. And just watching it was there was something disturbing about it well uh, i i think you got you're you're definitely entitled to your opinion and you know i'm I'm not trying to take anything away from that but i don't really think that you're thinking about it in a way that 
you have to you have to realize that the money that the people are spending to hunt these animals first of all there's only a certain number of animals that are allowed to be harvested mm-hmm. you know in the area mm-hmm. so you know there's a quota and the money that these people are paying to come and do this hunting whether it's plains game whether it's big 5 whatever kind of hunting it is that money is going right back into conservation into giving people in the area jobs into you know preserving the, the and, land and, and we everything. don't have an issue with yeah. that you know and but it's the area that you're talking about you know like you said when you've got the overpopulation and they are doing you know, mass destruction yeah, and, and but mayhem. But that's only because it's gotten to that point. See, now yeah. what you're saying is, you know, these people just wanted to come and shoot a lion. Well, oh, yeah, no. the, these people just wanted to come and shoot an impala. Like, that has to happen because there has to be, those numbers have to be kept in balance. Right, so and we're not we arguing that point. We're talking about the areas of the country where where they're not overpopulated and where well, there's not an issue with them. Well, and what we're talking about, it was a very kind of clandestine black market video that we saw. It was not an organized safari. It was... No, not at all. The guides were even saying, watch out for the game wardens. Watch out for the game wardens. They can't see us doing this. It was very... We're talking about that kind of stuff. We're not talking... So that would be considered poaching. Exactly. It was actually... It was a poaching poaching. safari. So, but now... But you're taking... That video, and you're letting that skew your views no, on no, the no, 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 we're not. No, no, we're, not. no. we're just talking about that. Not video. at all. <laughs> okay. We agree with Again, what you're saying. You know, I'm trying to clarify that we don't have an issue. We're not Piers Morgan, dadgummit. <laughs> well, let me say this. Let me say this. I don't have an issue with, like you're saying, the the legal, organized hunts, you know, harvesting of whatever animal it may be uh, because of, you know, the overpopulation and, you know, if they're killing and whatever causing mass destruction. I don't have a problem with that. Again, it's, it's going back to this, this instance. And There's it's not poaching. just this one. Poaching is. It's the, you know, the poaching and you're talking about a certain area of the country to where this is a problem where there are other area of the, of the country of, of that country that don't have the overpopulation. That don't, continent. That continent, yes, yeah. the the African continent, that don't have that issue, that don't have that problem, that they're right. still doing that. And that's where right. you that's get the into poaching. the poaching, but, and that's what we're very much against is the poaching. But there's, a dif- there's definitely a difference between poaching and between, you know, you're saying, okay, well, you don't – from what I'm getting from you is it sounds like you're saying you don't support hunting like lions or elephants in an area of the country where they're not overpopulated. We don't mm-hmm. support but, poaching them. Okay, because yeah. there's a difference. There's a difference. You can still do a safari in the area of the country where those animals are not overpopulated because you need to harvest a certain amount of animals in a year in order to keep that from happening. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between that and there's a difference. Oh, I completely understand protein. that. Yeah, and, and it's no, just like you, know, you do no here one, with the deer season and you yeah. do with the other you know, hunting, harvesting seasons. It's the same concept, and I understand right. that, and I get that. No my, one supports poaching. No. <laughs> my thing is, with the elephant part, I have no issue. If you need to cull the herd in the area, I get it. You know, I'm, I'm a biologist. I'm, I'm a biology? Well, I'm a biologist. <laughs> no, you're not. That's what my degree is. But you're not a biologist. I was. But you're not. But I was. No, but you understand. Once a biologist, always a biologist. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Anyways, I understand culling the herds. I understand conversa- conversation. Dag gummit! Now I can't even talk. 
conservation. Me personally, I don't know that I could ever do an elephant hunt, but I have no problem with anybody that is going to go out there and do that. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like, no, I think yeah. I think that there's, you know, uh, like I said, no one, n- no ethical hunter is going to be in support of poaching. Right. But, you know, there are certain animals, I think, that, you know, the, the media has really taken these certain animals and it's thrown things into a frenzy. And I always get it when there's a, a picture of a zebra. And what I don't it's like people are just crazy about like the anti hunters are they're they're crazy when they see pictures of people who have shot a zebra now a zebra is a normal plains game animal it's not even one of the big 5 mm-hmm. zebra in africa are absolutely like in south africa where we're at they're everywhere they're like they rats ha- <laughs> yeah they they have to be they have to be controlled. The numbers have to be controlled. And like what I really what I really hate the most is when someone says, well, that animal is so pretty. I can't believe you killed it. So, OK, so you think a zebra is pretty. But so that means if you don't think an impala is pretty, so you don't care that I <laughs> that I killed that. Is it about why is it about whether or not the animal is pretty? Like all, all animals have population has to be controlled. That it has like it has to stay in balance, or else you're going to have those o- overpopulation issues. It doesn't matter if they're pretty or not. Right. Even, like, I mean, even with I'm not saying uh, listeners disclaimer. I am not saying kill dogs. <laughs> But you do have to control the pet population. If you are not planning on breeding your dog, have them spayed or neutered. Because but the reality of it is, dog, thousands of dogs are being killed every day because of the overpopulation. Exactly. You just you just don't see it, and They're that's why we have all these humane societies and you know ethical ethical well, ways and, of putting them down. And we've discussed it on the show before too. When you're culling a herd. If you don't control that population and you just let them run rampant, one, the stuff that Brittany's already talked about, the death of humans, the destruction of property, all that's going to happen. But guess what? They're going to have a very inhumane death because they're going to starve each other out. Because there's no food. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's definitely – I mean, there's not enough food for every animal, so they're all going to die of starvation or the ones that, you know, are weaker and can't get the food, you know. So it's just going to be a long, painful death. Yeah. What is the coolest hunt that you've been on over in South Africa? Um, I've been going to to Africa since I was sixteen, and oh, wow. I've been I've been very fortunate in my life to to have those opportunities. And my dad and I, you know, have been going together, and eventually we started this business. And I really. I I think every single one of my trips to Africa has been special in in its own way, you know, in one way or another. There's there's something about you know those ten days of hunting that that you know has been special in and of itself. Um, but I you know I just have so many memories from that, and I think really just getting to spend time with my dad and time for us to hunt together and see you know and and honestly, it's not about. I saw this thing on Facebook the other day and it was just like this, you know, scenery picture and it said anti hunters think that um hunting is about killing, but actually it's about living. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's about those memories that you make when you're out there and the things that you get to see and just being in this other like part of the world that, you know, it's like not not everybody gets to go to Africa all the time. So it's all pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I wanna go on one of the Cape 
uh, is the Cape Buffaloes? Yes. Or what is it, or is it the Cape Cod Buffalo? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Should I tell that story? Yes. Okay. Okay. So I'm traveling to some other state to, to do a, a banquet. They have Safari Club International banquets that we go to. And I, I go and I set up my booth and we sell our hunts and whatever. So I go to check in and the guy at the check-in is like, you know, just asking me the normal questions like, oh, are you here for business? Yeah. Oh, well, what do you do? I said, I own a safari company. And he was like, oh, and he just had this look on his face. And he was like, I'd like to go hunt one of those Cape Cod buffaloes. <laughs> and I just, I looked at him and I busted out laughing. I could not help it. I, I felt bad because I basically laughed in his face, but it was the funniest thing. Like I've never heard anybody call it that before. And then I, of course, posted on my Twitter and my Facebook and everybody was coming up with all these funny things, like all the, you know, permits that you'd have to get for mm. it. And <laughs> and does the Buffalo talk with a Princeton accent? <laughs> <laughs> smoke a pipe. Did you smoke a pipe and talk about Princeton and Yale? <laughs> Lovey. <laughs> yeah, but that's one that's one of those hunts where it's like I'm watching it and you're like, Well gosh, this doesn't look hard and then you see the guy with this huge caliber handgun next to the guy that's actually doing the hunt. You're kinda like, Okay, what's going on there? And then he's like, Yeah, usually when you shoot them the first time, they're coming to kill you and you've got to have like two or three other guys with high caliber handguns ready to get him. I'm like, I wanna do that. I want to do that one. Yeah, I would prefer uh, uh, actually like a rifle instead of a handgun. But yeah, well, yeah. they usually have four or five different other things in those videos. Yeah, yeah, we always always have to have a backup for sure. Have you ever got a Cape Buffalo yourself? I have not. That uh, is on, like top of my bucket list. Nice. What's I your know. What's your favorite one that you've gotten so far? Um, I think my favorite one is actually it's called the Bush Pig. And they are actually nocturnal animals. And when I shot it, I was 16. It was the first safari that we went on. And we just so happened to come upon it during the day. And it was out like under the trees, like feeding in the little ruts and stuff. And um, the pH that we were with was like, you need to shoot this. I was like, what is it? He just, he's like, it doesn't matter. Just shoot it. I'm like, I looked at my dad and What's my pH? dad was uh, professional hunter, the okay, guide. Gotcha. So I looked at my dad and my dad was like, yeah, sure. Go ahead and shoot it. So I shot it and he like the pH and uh, the trackers and everybody, they were just freaking out. I had no idea. So they, they were telling me, you know, this is a nocturnal animal. It's like, it's so rare to get one during the daytime. And there, it's actually very rare to get one even, you know, in general. And uh, so they were saying, you know, there are hunters who come on safari three or four times before they ever even get one and blah, blah. And it was just like the, the talk of the town. You know, they told everybody that I had shot this bush pig and people were coming to see it. And so that was like, I had no idea at the time, but it was a pretty big deal. <laughs> so I think that's my favorite animal so far. What would you say would be the uh, the toughest animal to hunt oh, um, and why? Over there. Yeah, over in Africa. Everything is really tough over there, actually, um, because I don't think a lot of people realize just the sheer numbers of animals that there are. And, you know, when there's a herd of, 15 zebra or 15 blue wildebeest. I mean, you have 15 sets of eyes on you. 
And so everything over there is really challenging. And also in the area that we're at in the Eastern Cape of South Africa, it's very open. So you have to crawl. I mean, we tell all of our clients, you know, you have to bring leather gloves. You need to bring knee pads and elbow pads if you want them. And, you know, but for sure knee pads because you're going to be crawling. Um, So, you know, a lot of the hunts that I've done have been challenging in that aspect where, you know, you have to be tactical and employ <laughs> yeah. your tactics. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and, and crawl around. Speaking of, speaking of tactics, let's say, and I guess whatever you're hunting, the type of animal you're hunting, you've got different equipment that you're probably going to be taking with you. Is that accurate or not? Um, it just, it depends like different, you mean different calibers of rifles or well, just, a, yeah, just your equipment in general that you're going to need. I mean, let's say you're going to hunt for a gym lion size. versus a, a, an elephant, you know, so there's two yeah, different I... size, two different demeanor type animals. You don't animals. want a 22. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I'm not talking just firearms. I'm talking about equipment that you're going to take for the hunt. Yeah, I think, you know, our our hunting mostly consists of planes game. We do have some big five animals, a couple of the big five animals. Um, but, you know, for the planes game, you're generally going to take the same equipment that that you would yeah. for And give for us an example of what that equipment would so be. So there's a couple of key items that we have all of our clients bring. And that is, like I was saying before, the gloves, the knee pads and elbow pads. Mm-hmm. And we also recommend... Um, a soft gun case because your gun being in the back of the truck, like in a soft gun case, it protects it more than just if it was bouncing around, you know, like willy nilly. And then um, also a set of shooting sticks. We do, the, the professional hunters do have shooting sticks, but I find that it's more beneficial to the client to be able to have their own set, practice on that set at home before they go to Africa. And then they're already used to the setup, the way that it feels shooting off of them. And they're, you know, they're familiarized with that. Um, some other piece of equipment, you know, obviously binoculars with the harness system. Um, that's key. You know, your, your pH, your guide is going to have his set of binoculars, his or her set of binoculars, but you know, they're going to be on the harness system and it's a kind of a pain in the rear to take it off there and hand it to the client. So, you know, having your own, your own glass, your own optics is always, um, a good thing. But other than that, I mean, just the clothes and a really good pair of hiking boots and your, your rifle. Now the main thing that's going to change depending on what you're, you're hunting is going to be the rifle and the caliber that you're shooting. So that's really the, the big differentiation between, you know, going from planes game to, um, the big five. Now I personally take a seven mag when I go, my dad prefers a 30 at six, but I've hunted, you know, all my safaris with my seven mag and that's my go-to. And we really recommend that our clients bring a rifle that they're comfortable shooting. You know, you don't want to go out and buy a brand new rifle and new scope and everything, you know, a month before your trip and then come and not Mm -hmm. know what the heck you're doing. So pretty much, um, anything that you're comfortable with. And, you know, like I said, for planes game, that's, that's what we recommend. Now you keep saying the big five. What are the big five? It is lion, leopard, elephant, hippo, and Cape Buffalo. Hippo's another one I'd like to go on. I heard those are pretty dangerous. 
Yeah, hippo are nasty. Yeah, they're like. They're well, don't they really kill more nasty. more people every year in Africa than any other animal? Um, I do not know. I cannot accurately give you a yes or no on Maybe, that. Maybe or it may not be kill. It may be the most human attacks, and like it's even worse than a crocodile. Could very well be hunger, hunger hippo. You know what they <laughs> yeah. say? Yeah, <laughs> they Actually, look cute, but okay, they ain't. So I lied. So hippo is not on it. It's oh. rhino. I'm rhino. Sorry. Okay. I lied. Oh, I thought you said rhino. No, she said. Uh-huh. It's lion, leopard, cape oh, okay. buffalo, elephant, and rhino, not hippo. Gotcha. Yeah. Are the Are rhinos they? really mean and horny? Horny. horny. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about his nose. Uh, <laughs> oh, my goodness. You guys are, are they as fierce as they yes. appear to be? Yes. Everything is mean. Yes. <laughs> Everything's fighting for its life, basically. Yeah. At all times. Yeah. At all times. Which... Of of the deer type creatures, <laughs> which the one's the huge type. one? Is it the Jim's box or the kudu? You mean in the antelope family? Yeah. Oh, the deer like creatures. The deer, the deer like <laughs> the things creatures. with horns and hooves. <laughs> I'm going to use that for my website. These deer like creatures. Um, she snorted again. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. What was your ridiculous question? Uh, which one's the big one? The the kudu or the Jim's box? The kudu is the one that has the large spiral horns. But I mean, like body-wise, they're just like elk. Okay, so kudu are are, are large, and gemsbuck also. Gemsbuck is the one that has the two horns that go straight back, and they're really long. Yeah. Um, those both have similar body size. Kudu is uh, body-wise a little bit bigger, but there's actually something called an eland, and. That was one of my favorite hunts that I did over there. Eland is very difficult to hunt because they live in the mountainous areas, mm. and uh, they're usually in big herds. And this is a two thousand pound animal. So well, when you go, that's down, the one I'm uh, thinking of. That's the one that Ted Nugent has on his land, right? I don't know. Oh, I, would, I don't know what Ted Nugent does. I'm sorry. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Why can't me questions? I don't know the answers to. We thought you were tight. It makes it more fun. <laughs> thought you were tight with old uh, Uncle Ted. Uncle Ted. I do not know him personally. The nudge. <laughs> so, all right. Here's the most important question. Oh, okay, I can't wait. Which one tastes the best <sighs> of all the game out there? What's What's the tastiest? Because I meat is good. Really like to eat zebra. And I'm probably going to get some really bad hate mail from that. But I, I zebra tastes delicious. It's tasty. <laughs> That's our next T-shirt. Zebra tastes, tastes delicious, delicious. <laughs> especially with mushrooms and, and sun dried tomato we're gravy. We're going to quote Britney Star down the bottom. SB Safaris. Quote <laughs> <laughs> B Star. <laughs> zebra tastes delicious. Well, can you can you liken it to something that that we might be able to relate to? No. It all tastes different over there, but it's not gamey tasting at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just all really good. And I mean, everything that we hunt over there, we are eating. So, you know, we're eating when when we're in camp, like say you and I, or the three of us, we went on safari next week. Cool. We're going to be yes. eating. Yeah. Thanks for the invite. We'll be there. We're, <laughs> we're going to be eating the animals from, you know, maybe two safaris before us. Um, so it's, it's all, you know, sustainability, but, um, it's, it's just so good and you can't explain it. It's like actually going on the hunt. You cannot explain Africa in general or hunting in Africa to someone who hasn't been there because no matter what you say, they're never going to really understand, like understand that 
feeling until they actually experience it themselves. Before we let you go, you've got to give us a really cool hunting story. (laughs) A really cool hunting story? Funny. Funny. It could be funny or... I don't know. We scary, are scary, scary work. Yeah, scary work. Well, we're always doing something ridiculous. Um, my dad and I like to play jokes on each other. And one year, now, he, okay. So disclaimer: he is absolutely <laughs> terrified of snakes. And oh, he'll welcome be to the club. <laughs> So, like, he'll be mowing the lawn, and I'll see a gardener snake, and he'll jump and scream like a little girl. That would so, hey, and that, that is not overreacting, okay? No. Get off his back. <laughs> I do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, he brought it upon himself to bring a rubber snake one year when we went to Africa, and he was playing jokes on people in the camp. Now, see, that's just wrong, because, like, what is it, five of the most deadly snakes in the world live in Africa? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's just... So, well, that's something that a lot of people don't think of when they go on safari is all the critters that are out there that could get you, too. Yeah, I mean, we really... Nah. Not so much? The, the snake thing is an issue, but at the time... Spiders? Well, not really. It's snakes more than anything. I've never Lizards. really even seen a big spider over there. So what do you I do mean, with the rubber snake? Man-eating so he, beetles? So scaring everybody and so i like got the rubber snake out of his bag one night after dinner he was doing something i went in the room and i got it and i put it in his bed so that when he pulled the covers down to get in bed he saw it and i was in my room and i heard him screaming all the way into my room (laughs) and he was so mad at me but we're always playing jokes on each other and you know (laughs) just doing something stupid and I don't know, a scary story would be, um, I wasn't there for it personally, but one year while he was guiding, um, they had some ostriches on the ranch that he was hunting with a client, and um, the ostriches, I guess they were in their mating season, and the client was trying to shoot an animal, they didn't. Re- they didn't realize my dad and the client that the ostrich had come up behind them, oh, wow. and um, so it's like they tried to get out from this tree that they were under. The ostrich was there, and um, my dad had left his gun, his uh, backup rifle, in the truck, which was a stupid move. Um, and the ostrich attacked my dad, oh, and wow. it actually it kicked him and it knocked him down and then it was on top of him and it was pecking his uh like trying to peck his eyes out and he had to grab the beak and it it was ripping his um pants and everything with its feet and so he ended up the client had to shoot it off of the top of my dad because it, it was trying to kill him and um, he ended up with a whole bunch of broken ribs and torn Dang. up. You know, his leg was all t- shredded and it was just crazy. And it's like, oh, you think about Africa, you're like, okay, I'm, you know, don't want to get mauled by a lion or a leopard. Now, you never think like, oh, an ostrich. Get pecked but, to death by an ostrich. Yeah, yeah, it beat the crap out of him. So that was like the scariest thing. Luckily, I wasn't there for yeah, that. I've heard that. They've got, got, a, emu cause they they got, got those, a bad reputation, ostriches. Yeah, do. those emus have like that big like raptor talon. <clears throat> They'll rip you That's, right open. The same, yeah, it's the same thing Catch as what an ostrich has. Yeah, the, ba- like, the claw, the the big toes. And oh, the wow. Same claws. family of birds? Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, that was another thing I wanted to ask you as far as like bird hunting in, out in mm-hmm. Africa. Mm-hmm. Would, does that exist and what kind of birds do? It 
does exist. I know that there are some ducks that you can hunt and some form of upland game birds. And the area that we're in, we don't do the bird hunting. So I don't really, um, I'm not well versed with that, but it does exist over there. It's just, you you know, just not in our, not in our our repertoire. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. But I would like to do it. <laughs> well, if people want to book a hunt with you guys, how do they do it? They can contact me through our website, which is sbafricansafaris.com. Um, there's a contact page on there. The website is really comprehensive. It has a lot of different information on it, but also, you know, you can just email me through there. Or you can like us on Facebook, um, Star Bodal African Safaris. And, yeah, that's pretty much it just get in contact yeah and we'll actually put the link to their website on our website too and uh see how much traffic that gets them and then demand a ransom for it if y'all get a bunch (laughs) (laughs) i demand compensation in the form of a safari (laughs) hey or a dinner we'll take that we'll take a what are you saying shut up she said safari Oh, I'll compensate you in an African safari. Well, you can just take us to dinner. <laughs> no, I'm talking about a a safari dinner. Oh, okay. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He said the safari and dinner. I, That's I what said he said. You were going to demand it. I never said I agreed to it. Oh crap. <laughs> I might I might buy you a drink at NRA. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> if you're lucky, we'll accept that too. That would be okay. We're not greedy. No. Well, we want to thank our paying sponsors. <laughs> U.S. Elite Gear, us-elitegear.com. HG Press, holder in green professional real estate services. For all your middle Tennessee real estate needs, give those guys a call. And they are safari friendly. And you can call them at 1-800-615-1840, extension pew, 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 pew. Two, 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 two. Also, our next sponsor, ICETraining.us. It's our buddy Rob Pincus. He was our first sponsor for the show. He is trying to get on the NRA board of directors. So he is you, going to get on the board of He is NRA. going to. So if you are a lifetime member or you received a ballot because I think it's five years consecutive member that you've been a member of the NRA, if you get that ballot, put in Rob Pincus, Bexley, Ohio, as your right in for that NRA board of directors. You can go to our Facebook page to see exactly how you need to do that. Yep. And if you are a lifetime member or the five-year whatever, mm-hmm. and you haven't received your ballot, contact them and have them send you one. Yep. Uh, so if you, you want to get training from Rob, you can go to ICE Training. That's icetraining.us. And he's starting his new year uh, tour. Yeah, he's taking uh, off to training. Europe this weekend. And he's going to be in Europe this weekend, but we're going to have him on next week. Next week to talk about uh, his his new tour that he's got coming up. Yep. So be uh, looking forward to that, guys. And then uh, we've got a lot of videos that uh, that we'll make this that weekend are coming up. I mean, we still got a oh, bunch yeah. that we haven't put out yet, yep. but then we're going to do. Be we doing finally some more. put out. We finally finished the shot show videos this week. So we got them all wrapped coming. up. We got them all wrapped up. Good so deal. now all we got to do, we're, you'll start seeing the Rescue Ranch event stuff. And then this weekend, we're going to be doing a bunch of videos. So be able to see those. Yeah. Also, like to thank All or Nothing Tattoo Studios. That's allornothingtattoo.com. And their gun-friendly merchandise store, strangleholemerch.com. Like to thank Clay Greenfield and Clutch Defense. He didn't, unfortunately, he didn't qualify for his uh, Daytona race. But he's got uh, several more coming up. So keep an eye on Clay, and we'll keep you guys posted on his races that he's got coming up. And don't forget to check out shopnsg.com too. Shop NSG and then go to our website, 
talkinglead.com. Get on the forums. Jim Irwin's got a new forum. Order on your t shirts. If you want to know anything about kit, any gear you need for any situation, go to our forum section. Ask Jim Irwin a question. He has his own little section on the forums now. So check it out. Oshi and Mosin for being good dogs while they're on the show. Just such a good boys. Just a good sweet. And we need to thank Brittany for coming on. Brittany, thank you. Save the best for last. Yes. Is is there anything else? <laughs> Even you want though you to thought plug? we were trying to Piers Morgan you for a second. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not. I I I did not think you, you got were defensive to there for a minute, girl. I I'm y'all I both did. I was sitting here going, hold up. <laughs> well, she was totally no going the wrong direction. I'm like, no, no that's not. not where we're headed. <laughs> Don't but even go down gets, that road. She probably gets blasted on a regular basis. I'm, for that stuff. Yeah. I'm very very passionate about what I do. If you couldn't tell, yeah. and, and that's I great. just feel like it's so important to educate people. Because I think there are a lot of misconceptions, yeah. uh, especially about safari hunting, that people really don't. They they just have these misconce- misconceptions and, you know, they don't really know exactly what everything entails. So I feel like it's just so important for me to be able to uh, explain those things. And I was not being defensive. I was just being passionate. <laughs> well, we, we since we're the theme was mispronounced words, it's not educate, it's edumacate. Edumacate. You gotta I learn you. Ed- if you edumacate, y'all, yeah, you if you's coming to Nashville next year for NRA, you better learn that word. Better <laughs> edumacate yourself. We'll learn you when you get here, girl. Okay. <laughs> and as always, left hand, keep your loved ones close. And keep your firearms closer. <laughs> <laughs>